Hey there, it's Janie Porter, and this is She Just Glows, the podcast. I'm gonna help you find joy and purpose in your life just as it is today. Not tomorrow, not when life is perfect, not when you win a million dollars or your kids finally stop peeing on the seat, but right now. I'm a life coach, a writer, a wife, and a mom of four. And just like you, I spend my days fighting through the pressure to be thin, happy, and have the perfect house and the perfect life. But here's the thing, I've never found perfection. What I have found is that it's so much better to just be real. So grab a cup of coffee and join me like you would a girlfriend. We'll talk mom life, body image, letting go of the lie of perfection, and learning to thrive in the chaos of our world today. You've got your own life coach in your back pocket now. This is She Just Glows, the podcast. All right. How have you guys been doing? It's been a couple months since I recorded my last podcast episode, and I'm so happy to be back to dive into something that you've been asking about on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me there at She Just Glows. I sort of dropped a real cliffhanger that I forgot about in my stories, and then I just like went off social media for a month in December because I like to gift myself with that. I basically said, hey guys, we're on vacation and I'm drinking. <laughs> and then everyone's DMing like, what? what? What's going on? So if you guys haven't been here before, um, welcome. I'm Janie, I'm a joy coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. I have four little kids and I decided about two and a half years ago, um, almost three years ago now, to take a break from drinking. And if you're interested in learning more about what brought me to that very, very huge and amazing decision, head to episodes two and three of this podcast. They're called How I Finally Stopped Drinking After Seven Years of Thinking About It, part one and two. It was so much info, I had to put it in two different episodes. But the long and the short of it is I had decided over a period of several years that I was sick of the cycle. I loved drinking. I associate drinking with having fun. I am your drinking buddy. Like that's who I am. That's who I was. And I've spent the last two and a half years diving into what that was all about. And I removed alcohol from my life for a time. So just to catch you a little bit up on me, um, as I said, I have four little kids. I'm 42 years old. I uh, have been married for 20 years, which I'll get into um, in this episode because our 20th year anniversary trip is when I decided to have a few drinks. Um, my husband and I have been through a really tumultuous couple of years. And um, last year he moved out for about four months and it was a really traumatic, awful time. Um, and so for the last year or so, I've really been healing and taking a little bit of time away from my practice of life coaching you guys to uh, kind of live in a cave for a little bit, reset, and um, and really just doing a lot of inner work that I had to step away from my practice to do. And what I love about what I do, which is coaching you, if you are a high achiever and you're feeling stuck in your life right now, you are not alone. A lot of us have felt that way at different times. And what I love about this work as a life coach is that whatever trials I experience in life and challenges, um, I can work through those and then bring them to this practice as tools to help push an invigorating life flow into your life and into mine too. So it's a beautiful thing. and. 
I honored my body's need to just take a break for several months. Then I fell into this cute little depression, which I'll share about at some point. But anyway, I'm coming out of that. I've been in a funk. I'm here. Hi, how are you guys? So nice to meet you. I will be opening up my calendar to a few private clients very soon. So if you are interested in having support in this crazy journey we call life from someone who's experienced a lot and probably been through what you have, if you're looking to change your relationship with alcohol, send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at She Just Glows. You can also go to my website, shejustglows.com, which is linked in the episode notes. Um, to set up a free 30-minute Zoom consult so we can get to know each other and I can learn more about how I can help you. I usually work with clients for 12 weeks at a time and it's a really rewarding and awesome process. In between sessions, we use an app called Voxer where you basically leave long voicemails for each other. This is something that a lot of coaches don't offer, but I love to do that to propel our work forward instead of just waiting for the session. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you go to a therapist and you're like, man, I really wish I had an appointment today. I don't have an appointment today. My appointment's in three weeks. And then when you have the appointment in three weeks, everything's fine. (laughs) Like, that's why I like using Voxer in between. Not that I'm a therapist. Um, I'm a joy coach, but it just helps propel the work and for me to meet you in the moment that you're in. So I'm going to roadmap this episode for you because I know you're busy. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to go through in this podcast episode, and then we will get right into it. So I'm going to tell you how I drank again. I'm going to tell you why I drank again. I had some really good reasons. I'm going to tell you the five things I learned from drinking again after not drinking for two and a half years. And then my advice to you, if you're thinking about jumping back into drinking, okay? So spoiler alert on this whole episode, drinking on vacation did not add anything to my life. And the banner across this entire episode is basically drinking on vacation simply reinforced to me why I don't drink in quote real life. So I'm gonna spoil that for you right off the bat um, and, and dive into now sort of what it was like and what I learned. So my husband and I decided to take a break from drinking. Um, he was back in March of 2020 as you know the world was going insane. He said, I don't think I should be drinking during this time in the world. And I, you know, I was like, that's cool for you, but I'm gonna go ahead and like go all in on this drinking thing for the next year. So about a year later, I finally just got so sick of feeling disgusting almost every morning after um Thursday night was always a good reason to drink because it's date night. And then Friday night, well, it's the start of the weekend. So of course you're going to drink on Friday night. Saturday is the day to drink. So that's going to be as much drinking as possible. And then Sunday, well, tomorrow's Monday. So get in as much fun as you can um, after church, right? So my drink of choice was vodka and LaCroix. Um, I loved that because it got me where I wanted to be pretty quickly and it was lower calorie, okay? So I decided in March of 2021 that I was just sick of this life and it no longer suited me. Episodes two and three of this podcast dive deep into those moments and what brought me there. I never really like, you know, I didn't like go to rehab. I never have labeled myself as an alcoholic. I just was simply a really high functioning mom of four who probably doesn't look like someone that you would say, wow, you have a problem with drinking. But drinking was a problem in my life because every time I did it, while I enjoyed it in the moment, 
The shame and regret spilled onto my soul afterwards. Sometimes it was two in the morning when you wake up with that like pulsating heartbeat that's just like, and you're sweating and oh, it's, it's like the meat sweats and the alcohol sweats and you just feel horrible. Other times it was, you know, getting up in the morning and just not being able to be there for my kids like I wanted to, yet I needed that break and that release and that relief so much almost every night that it seemed virtually impossible to step away from. So if that's where you are right now, I want you to know that first of all, you're not alone. Many of us have been there. Many of my clients who come to me wanting to reevaluate their relationship with alcohol do not look like what you think they would look like, right? They look like you and me. They are normal. They go to church. They have a lot of kids. They have careers. They're successful. So if you're struggling in your own heart about the place that alcohol holds in your life, you're in really good company here. There is no judgment here. I will never tell you ever that you're bad if you drink. I will also never tell you, like if you become a client, there, it's not like you become my client and you have to stop drinking. I mean, this is a journey and it's different for everyone, including me. That's why I drink again. So I'll get into all of that in this episode, but I'm glad you're here and there's a reason you're here. So stick around, okay? So two and a half years, I mean, that's no joke, right? I mean, I went through my 40th birthday. I was on a yacht trip with all my friends who love drinking just as much as I used to, but I had decided to step away from drinking. I had been through my husband moving out and like the peril that that entailed, the trauma. Like, I'm so glad, by the way, I didn't drink during those four months. That would have been horrible. It would have made everything 20 times worse. But I mean, I put in my time, all right? This is what I'm trying to explain to you. Like I'd been in every situation. I'd been on flights. I'm not a good flyer. And so that was another reason that I always said, well, I deserve a drink. I don't like flying. I don't like turbulence. I had flown to London. I had gone on all kinds of different trips without alcohol, okay? So I don't need to prove anything to anyone, but in my mind, I had paid my dues. I'd been through a whole year and then another whole year and... What ended up happening, you guys, is I just decided it sounded fun and I just that day felt like doing it. I had always told myself when I decided to take a break from drinking, and maybe this resonates with you, I never said I will never drink again. First of all, if you love drinking as much as me, why would you ever say that? Like, I'd rather die than say I would never drink again. So I never made that promise to never drink again for the rest of my life. But I definitely knew that drinking and feeling like crap every morning was just, I'm i am just so over it. Like, I'm so over this life is what I was saying that day one for me, which was March 28th, 2021. So my husband and I were... Um, flying to Athens, Greece for our 20th wedding anniversary. I know, I know. I have wanted to go to Greece since I was in college. I remember I actually wanted to study abroad in Athens and my dad said, no way. Uh, That's way too close to Iraq and I'm not sending you to Greece. (laughs) So I settled for studying abroad in England instead. But ever since then, Greece and the white and blue buildings had just been a focal point for me and somewhere I always wanted to get back to. Well, then we got married. I had a busy career in TV news, and and then we had four kids, and 
you know, like when you have little kids, you can't travel for a while. At least we chose not to spend the money to be, you know, exhausted and miserable on a, on a trip like that. That would have been way too much with kids. So our time has finally arrived. We're celebrating 20 years. We have come back together. The Lord brought him back to our family after he had decided to move out last year. So it's like, it's kind of like a celebration of, wow, we're still here and it's 20 years. And he decided that we were going to go to Greece because I've always wanted to go. So, you know, I'm really frugal and I'm thinking, cool, I have a bunch of airline miles. Like we're going to use all the miles we've been saving all of our adult lives to get to Greece, right? So I booked the trip with miles. And the thing about me with flying, I'm not a good flyer. I'm afraid of turbulence. And for whatever reason, when I'm laying down in first class, which I haven't done much, but when I lay down, for some reason, the turbulence doesn't bother me as much. Does anyone else have issues with turbulence and laying down is is more comfortable? I don't know what it is, but we ended up booking the flights with my miles and I only had enough miles to book in coach. So this is like what, I forget how long, like an 11 hour flight, like something ridiculous, right? So we're going to be sitting up in coach. My husband and I have back problems. We're not young and sprightly anymore. He's 44. I'm 42. And we booked the flights in coach. To make a long story short, my husband a couple weeks later was like, we're splurging. We're going to fly in first class. We're going to just pay for it and save the miles. And of course, I'm just so cheap. I'm like, there's no way. It's just so expensive. But okay, twist my arm. Like, of course, I would love to fly first class to Athens. I mean, duh. Okay, so we had the bed, you know, you can lay down, they're waiting on you, you have the little pod. I mean, it's like, once you fly this way, you're ruined for life because there, there's no other way to fly, you know? So we splurged on these first class tickets and I hadn't planned to drink on this trip at all, but I was open to the possibility that, you know what? Let's see how it goes. Here's where I was at in my journey. I knew that alcohol did not add anything positive to my life. But after a few years of saying, no, 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 I'll have a sparkling water with lemon. No, I'll have a soda. Yes, I felt so much better at the end of those experiences. And certainly the next morning, I wake up with that feeling of pride. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know, victory sips is a really big part of what I talk about. And that is the pride that you feel the morning after you didn't drink. And drinking that coffee just the way you like it or that tea just the way you like it is your victory lap. And that's what I call victory sips. So while I knew that drinking really didn't bring anything good to my life, I was kind of sick of saying no. At the same time, I knew that with my personality, and you may relate to this, because I had gone so long without drinking, I knew that if I drank the next morning, I'd be really mad at myself, even if I had planned it. So I was almost more ashamed of the self-shame that I would blanket onto myself after drinking than I was of actually feeling pulled back into heavy drinking. Does that make any sense? Those of you who are very self-critical will absolutely understand what I'm talking about. So we get into first class, we're about to take off. I mean, this is when you're just like taking in the surroundings, you're sitting at your pods, you're realizing we're going to be away from the kids for 10 days. This is incredible. My in-laws flew to Florida where we live from California, where they live to watch the kids. I mean, this was like the beginning of the most amazing vacation we've ever experienced. And so 
you all know what happens in first class, right? Well, they come around and offer you champagne when you're about to take this long flight over the Atlantic. So my husband says, sure, I'll have some. And, you know, he's my wingman. He's actually been alcohol free for three and a half years. I'm at two and a half years at this point. And I look at him and I go, what are you doing? And he's like, it's our 20th anniversary. Let's enjoy it. And in that moment, I said, love that. Let's enjoy it. Okay. So here I am. I'm sitting in first class. I'm, I have this big flute of champagne in front of me. And I'm about to take off on the dream of a lifetime, celebrating 20 hard-earned years of marriage with my husband. If you know, you know, right? I mean, marriage is tough. And it was a celebration. And it was a moment. And as I took my first few sips, I actually think I videoed it. I should try to find that because I wanted to know, what am I going to feel? Am I going to feel bad? Am I going to feel shameful? Am I going to feel like obsessive, like, okay, now I want like a vodka and more and more and more, right? So I took the first few sips and these are my first thoughts, okay? My first thought is, I remember why this was so fun. I remember because right away I felt, you know, a tiny little buzz. Um, I probably hadn't eaten a lot that, that day. I was probably packing, whatever. So right away as I took a few sips, I was like, yeah, this is fun, isn't it? You know, I remembered drinking's fun until it's not. Drinking worked for me until it didn't, right? So I have all of this in the back of my head. And you know that my livelihood is is talking to you and being honest with you about my alcohol-free journey. So that's kind of in the back of my head too. Like, am I being a fake to drink right now? At the end of the day, and I'll get into this in this episode, your alcohol-free journey or your alcohol-moderated journey or your alcohol, I'm curious what it's like to not drink, but I'm not wanting to do that yet journey is yours. You don't owe anyone drinking and you don't owe anyone not drinking. If you decide to take a break from alcohol, that's for you. It's not for anyone else, right? So the first thing was, it was fun. Okay, cool. We're celebrating. Great. Second thing was, this actually tastes pretty good. Oh man, champagne. That is delicious. Oh, I'm enjoying this. I'm really enjoying this. I'm feeling like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I'm like definitely not having FOMO today because I'm drinking the champagne that I've paid thousands of dollars to enjoy this first class ticket. Like, yeah, let's let's enjoy the free booze. I mean, duh, right? Let's get our money's worth, right? So that's how it began, okay? Now, we went through that 11-day trip, 10 or 11-day trip, and... What I loved about the first experience drinking on the flight was it wasn't a thing. And if you love drinking, especially on trips, drinking is a thing when you go on vacation, right? It's like, what are we bringing? What kind of cups do we have? Where are we having dinner? Do they serve liquor? Like, it's a thing. It's a thing. And what I loved about that moment before we took off for Athens was it really just wasn't a thing. It was just nothing. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't horrible. It was just like part of the day. And I loved that. And I'll get into more of that later when I get some of the five things I've learned from drinking again. But that's a big part of it. So why did I drink again? Here's why. I wanted to, right? Like, honey, I'm 42. Like, are you at this place in your life too, girl? I just freaking wanted to, okay? I did. I felt like it. 
I knew that it was a slippery slope. I knew that I didn't long-term want to go back to drinking. And I did have a little bit of trepidation that that could happen based on my tr long track record of loving alcohol, trying to stop, loving it more, trying to stop. I mean, this was a several year thing for me. But for me, it didn't feel like I was giving that all away. It felt like I'd learned what I needed to learn. And now it's time to keep moving the needle forward. Again, your journey with alcohol is all your own. You don't owe me as your coach not drinking. You don't owe your children not drinking. If you decide that that is something that you want to do, and I think in the depths of your heart, like when you go to bed at night or those first few thoughts when you wake up in the morning, if you truly want to take a break or just start reevaluating your relationship with alcohol, you know, you know that. And that's for you to know and for me to support you, okay? Also, one quick thing that I just have to touch on because this is what held me back for so many years from stopping my drinking. When you stop drinking, you don't have to use the A word for yourself, alcoholic. You don't. You can just be someone who likes drinking and now you aren't liking it, so you just want to change, okay? I had this huge fear that when I would stop drinking, then I had to be labeled, then it would be a conversation, then it would be a thing and I would be like a lesser person because I can't control this part of my life. No, 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 mm -mm. And I have whole podcast episodes about this. Go back in, in the podcast and look up some of these. This is about you and you never need to call yourself an alcoholic. You can just say, I don't like how I feel when I drink. Next, seriously. Don't let that stop you from seeing what it's like to not drink. Because I used to always think there are two categories. You're either an alcoholic or you don't drink. No, there's, there's a lot in between there, okay? And you can live in the in-between. So I drank again because I felt like it. And when I started sharing here and being really open about my alcohol-free journey, I really did swear to myself back then that if I ever wanted to drink again, I wouldn't not drink because I've told you guys that I don't drink. Does that make sense? So even as someone who shares about my alcohol-free journey, I love you guys, but I don't owe it to you to not drink for your own journeys. You know what I mean? Like your journey is yours. You're responsible for it, just like I'm responsible for mine. Okay, so that's why I drank again. Now I'm getting into five things I learned from drinking again. And these are good, if I do say so. The first thing was what I already mentioned. It's fun. It tastes good. It's fun. It's like, it's easy. It's convenient. You know, my husband and I have started um, when we, because we don't usually drink in real life, like at home, we've started drinking something called Kratom tea, which we really enjoy. It gives us sort of a relaxed feeling. It's kind of like having a couple glasses of wine. Um, I don't find it to be addictive, but other people do. It's, it's definitely a personal thing. And I can dive into Kratom and all my thoughts on that. Um, in another episode, if you're interested in that, send me a DM and I'll see, you know, how much interest there is in talking about that. But when you drink Kratom, it's not convenient. Like, first of all, it's never at restaurants. You know, we have to bring it. We don't really bring it to restaurants, though. We just drink it at home. You have to mix it with stuff. It doesn't taste good. So so drinking alcohol, I mean, it couldn't be more convenient, right? I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, you know that. Um, it's it's fun. Like, all of, all of the reasons that I remember doing it were still there. Okay, that's my honest number one thing I learned. It's still fun, okay? Let's, let's just own that. But here's something a little extra. The second thing I learned when I drank again was 
drinking isn't that fun. Like it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Just like laughing is fun and drinking Kratom tea is fun. It wasn't that fun though. Like of all the days that we drank on our Greece trip, we probably drank most of the days anywhere from a couple drinks a day to like we split a bottle of wine one night. I'll get to that in a sec. That was a bad choice. (laughs) But in all those moments in Greece, like it wasn't like, oh my gosh, having the wine made it so much more fun to snorkel. Like, no, it was just whatever. It wasn't that great, okay? It didn't make a fun time any more fun. And that's why I'm so grateful that I had two and a half years under my belt of not drinking before I tried it again. Because this was a lie that I believed about alcohol for a long time. That if I wanted to make something more fun, all I had to do was drink. And drinking doesn't make it any more fun. It just fast forwards it for you. And then the next day you wake up feeling lower than you felt before you started drinking. The third thing I learned, and I love this, this is not just true with drinking, but with so many things in life. And I speak with my clients about this all the time. There's always a trade-off, guys. There's always a trade-off. Like, yeah, we got to Athens. We had an amazing day, like one of the best days of my life. We hopped off the plane, changed, and went to the Acropolis. And as a history buff, which I am, this was a dream come true, especially ancient history, which I'm obsessed with. We walked the Acropolis all day. It was a magical day, obviously. I mean, you're with your husband in Athens, Greece. Shopping dinner out, lunch out, I should say. Then we came back and of course we had to nap because we had just gotten there. We were way off time zones. And we remembered that our hotel like gives, you know how they give you a credit for the restaurant. So you'll go to the restaurant and spend like four times as much as the credit. So I think the credit was like a hundred bucks or a hundred euro or something. So of course, you know me, I'm very frugal. So I said, well, we need to go use our credit, you know? So we go So the hotel restaurant, it's like eight o'clock at night. I'm wearing this like fancy dress and there's a view of the Acropolis from our hotel restaurant. It was just poetic and gorgeous. And so, man, let's just slide back into some old things we used to do. Let's, we're getting steak. Let's get a red wine bottle, right? So we drank the red wine with dinner and I was kind of tired. So I was like drinking it kind of fast, like never a good idea. Okay. Had a fun night, and then we went to bed. And horrible sleep, Um, what's it called? Like cotton mouth all night, gross. I could feel that wine in my stomach all night long and all the next morning. It was so disgusting. I was like, wow, there is so much acid in wine you don't realize until you drink this much, which I never really do. So there was a trade-off because I woke up the next morning feeling like ass and drinking the wine with the view of the Acropolis didn't make the view of the Acropolis any better, didn't make the night with my husband any better. It just made me feel like crap in the morning. In fact, this was a couple days into our trip. It wasn't our first day. I'm, I'm remembering now because the next morning we had an early flight to Santorini, another place I've always wanted to go. I mean, who doesn't want to go see Santorini once in their life, right? So I'm getting on the flight thinking, I'm hungover AF. And as you girls know, the older we get, the worse the hangover is. I mean, we all know that. And I'm getting on this flight wondering if I'm going to vomit because of this red wine churning in my stomach. And I'm thinking, 
what am I doing? Like I'm back here again, just a few days into dabbling in alcohol again. It's just all the same. And that's what I learned. This is exactly why I don't drink because I'm sick of feeling this way. So there's always a trade-off. A few months later, we were in the British Virgin Islands, still celebrating our 20-year anniversary, this time with our four children and three of the four grandparents. We brought everyone along. We stayed on a yacht for five nights. It was amazing. And we went to this bar I've always wanted to go to called the Soggy Dollar. And they have a drink there called a painkiller. So I had like two or three of them. Again, I'm not thinking too much of this. And, you know, we, we barely drank on that trip. Maybe two of the days we had like pina coladas and, and these painkillers at, at Yost Van Dyke. And then I got back to the boat and I literally had to sleep most of the afternoon. I don't know how I used to drink at this pace, honestly. Like I was, I was just zapped. I wasn't hyper and like having fun. I was just like, I need to rest, you know? So that was the trade-off. Like, yeah, I had fun on the island. I don't regret having the painkillers. But when I got back to the boat, I just had a nap, okay? Like there's always a trade-off. So always remember that. The fifth thing I learned by drinking again was there's still noise. And this is something that I really sought to get rid of when I stopped drinking. I was tired of the noise in my brain. When are you drinking again? What are you going to have? What kind of drinks do they have at the place that we're going to? How are you feeling today? Are you hungover? The noise was constant. And that was a big reason I wanted to take a break in the first place. I was just tired of the mental work and the noise in my brain when it came to drinking. And what I noticed right away when we were drinking in Greece was the more days in a row that we'd have one drink, next day it was two, next day it was like a couple beers at the beach, and then, I don't know, some cocktails later, I don't even remember. But like every day in a row that we were doing that ritual, the noise just kept going up. When are we doing it tomorrow? When are we doing it tomorrow? Okay, it's the morning. When's the earliest I can drink? When are we drinking next? And you guys, it's because drinking's fun. Like if you're doing something fun and you stop doing it, like you just want to do it again. You know, I again, I'm not going to label myself or like put myself down for feeling this way. This is alcohol doing its job, which is to make you want more. So there's still noise. Even two and a half years into not drinking, dabbling again on these trips in alcohol, the noise is really tough to overcome. And it's definitely still there. So I just kept going back to, this is awesome feedback because I'm having fun right now and I'm glad that I'm trying this, but this is exactly why I don't drink in the first place because I'm tired of the noise. I'm tired of feeling like junk in the morning. And the bottom line is drinking on vacation just reinforced and underscored and underlined and highlighted, like circled in red, why I don't drink in the first place. Because the fifth thing I learned when I drank again was something I already knew. It's a slippery slope. It's a really slippery slope. How many people have you seen, if you follow people who don't drink and you're engaged in this sort of conversation with yourself about drinking, not drinking, what does it bring to my life? What does it take from my life? You know one thing and you've seen people do this a million times. They're like me. They think they can try it again. And then within a few months, they're right back where they were and maybe worse in their drinking. 
So I'm well aware that like that's highly probable and I have to really check myself because it is a slippery, slippery slope. And I do not have the option to lose my footing. Not with the year I've had, no. We don't need to add that to the list of SHIT that we need to like <laughs> figure out around here. We've got enough, okay? So it's still just as slippery as it was when I was drinking four or five times a week. It's just as slippery now. It, the pull is not as strong, but it's still just as much there. Do not kid yourself, okay? So I had this big moment on the way home because I knew we couldn't keep doing this. And I don't think we were over drinking, except maybe the wine night that I just mentioned and the hungover flight to Santorini. Blech. I didn't throw up, by the way, but I wished I could. Um, so I knew that like this, this was the end of the, like, I don't want to say this was the end of the fun because real life is so much more fun than drinking every day. But this was like the jigs up, you know, like, okay, it's time to go home. So our trip home, we had one of those like horrible experiences that everyone, you know, at one point has like a horrible flight story. So we are flying, we flew from Athens to Amsterdam and we had a layover and then it was our long flight from Amsterdam to Minneapolis. We're well over the Atlantic Ocean when there's a commotion in the plane and there was some sort of medical emergency and we actually think that someone died. So if you've been on a transatlantic flight when there's a medical emergency, they'll pull over at the first patch of land, which is Newfoundland, very, very tip, 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 top right of Canada, like way out into the ocean. It's really interesting if you look at it on a map. So we had to land there because of that whole situation. And, you know, the poor guy, I don't know what happened to him. I don't mean to sound uncaring, but at that point, I was just ready to be home with my children our entire city had also been through a hurricane while we were gone and our neighborhood was very much devastated by flooding. Our house was one of the few that was spared, but it was a stressful 10 days for my in-laws figuring all of these things out. They thought they might have to evacuate. So like, you know, we're ready to get home as you are at the end of a long trip. And because we had to land in Newfoundland, it, it had us missing our flight home and so it was going to be one more sleep before I saw my kids because we were now getting home at like one in the morning and I was just like having a tough time with it then I found out that they lost my bag which was the huge bag that we brought and it was just full of like sentimental jewelry and all my clothing I had bought and like things that were gifts for the children and important things to me like like sentimental um, outfits and stuff like that, that like my mom had given me. Okay, so so here we are in Minneapolis and we go to the Delta Sky Club because we have several hours to sit and twiddle our thumbs before we get to go home. And what am I looking at in the Sky Club? After I have my extreme meltdown, the meltdown of all meltdowns, I was just hysterically crying to myself for like 20 minutes. My husband just felt so bad for me. I was just so exhausted from being away during the hurricane, missing my children, thinking we were seeing them today. We're not. The um, As someone who doesn't fly well, the pivoting with like landing somewhere different, another takeoff and landing that you hadn't mentally prepped for, 
my girls who don't like flying will understand what I'm talking about. It just took out a lot out of me mentally. So I literally lost it. I was just sobbing in the Sky Club. So once I came to, what am I looking at, guys? You know. The bar. It's right in front of me. In the Sky Club, it's free once you get in. So everyone's just like hitting it up, you know. I mean, that's kind of the vibe in there. It's like, hey, it's free. Like, let's. it's a free-for-all, right? And I had a watershed moment right there because I knew I could. I could go, for some reason, I felt like a white wine in that moment. I don't know why. And I just looked at that bar, wanting that white wine because I was upset and I would have loved to soothe those frazzled feelings down again. But I knew that that was not an option because I've proven to myself that isn't an option for me. I can't continue drinking in real life, back home in the States, back, you know, back in America, just about getting home, I couldn't continue the slide. I had to get off. Because if I hadn't, I probably would have just kept drinking. I might have started by just going back to drinking on the weekends. I might have started by just drinking when we're out to dinner. And maybe I'll do this at some point. But right now, I didn't feel that that was reasonable for me. Um, So I didn't. I didn't have the open bar. We went and found a place where they do the massages in the airport. My husband swears by these places, and I have to be honest with you, they're awesome. They're like, I'm always like, no, that's so weird. And it's like twice as much as a massage should be, but it really is amazing to do before you get on a flight. So we treated ourselves with that. And that was the end. That was the end. I couldn't keep doing this on the way home. I it wasn't, it wasn't an option for me. It wasn't the play for me. So Sheepa12 asks on Instagram, how are you doing it right now? How is it going with only drinking on vacation? Here's here's the thing. I, I am proud of myself. Here's why. And I don't mean to make this all about me, but this is my experience and this is what I'm sharing today. What I love right now is that I'm drinking how I always wished I could. And what I mean by that is I can stop. I never could stop before. And I hated that feeling. I hated it. Now I can stop because I've had two and a half years of coaching myself and knowing that this is not, alcohol is not the life I want. I know that now. So yes, it's fun to drink in spurts on vacation. It's fun to remind myself of why I don't drink at home. And when we drank in Greece, what I loved about it was it was kind of nothing. It wasn't a highlight. It wasn't a low light, except the Santorini flight morning where I was hungover. But if you love drinking, you know that going on vacation, like when you go on vacation, drinking will be a focus. If you love drinking as much as me, at least, and I'm sure you do. I actually will challenge you. I don't know that anyone loves drinking more than me. I've always said that. None of my friends, no one drank as much as, as I did. I just, I, I love it. But how boring when that was the centerpiece of every trip, when that was the focus of every day on the trip. And it's so tiring too. I mean, you're exhausted the next morning usually, right? So what I loved about drinking on vacation was Now it's an accessory. I could take it or leave it. It's not making my fun time more fun. It's just kind of whatever. And 
I never felt that way about drinking before. And it feels like freedom. And that's what not drinking feels like when you first begin and well into your not drinking journey. It's freedom. It's freedom from the noise. It's freedom from the focus. And it's certainly freedom from feeling like crap because you're drinking poison every day. It's a great feeling. It's a feeling that I wasn't willing to give up in my daily life. It was fun to experiment and dabble and I'll I'll continue doing it on trips. It's working for now. But I have to hit that off switch when I'm coming home. I have to. There is no other option. I don't want that life back. And now my kids are old enough to recognize alcohol. When I stopped drinking, they were kind of oblivious. Like they knew that White Claws were mommy's beers and, you know, but they didn't really know what they were saying. Now, I mean, I've got a middle schooler. Like they're watching, guys. And no, you should never stop drinking for your kids. But I don't want my kids front row to that show. Mm -mm. No. No, thanks. So I know you came here for my honest thoughts and I want to give you advice if you're thinking about jumping back into drinking or if you're just curious what it looks like to be alcohol free and then not. I have a few words of wisdom to share from my own experience and nothing else. Number one, it's not worth it and it's not that great. The FOMO is just that. Like then you do it and you're like, oh, next. Yes, it was fun in the moment, but it's overall, it's not that great. Like I had more fun shopping in Athens. They have the most beautiful, colorful dresses. Like I'm such a colorful dresser. It was like every shop I went into was my vibe of clothing. I mean, I was on a bigger high for those moments drinking my coffee than I was buzzing out on beer at the pool. Like, eh, boring. It's not that great. I promise you, and I wouldn't lie to you. The second thing I want to share is my personal advice. You can take it or leave it. Wait until you're at least two years into not drinking before you dabble. And maybe for you, you know, dabbling just is not an option. What I always said when I wasn't drinking was, when I know I can have just one, I will. But I didn't feel that way for a very long time. And if you've been in this cycle for any amount of time, you know that one might always lead to two. And if you're like me, two always leads to three. And for those of us who do this kind of a thing, three means four. And four means five. Like, we're not trying to have one drink and then, like, do something different. That's going to be the activity for the rest of the day. So go at least two years in your journey. And that's not hard and fast. Like, maybe it's just never a good idea for you. I don't know. I'm not you. But you know. You know. If I hadn't waited over two and a half years to dabble in this again, there is no way I would have not gone right back down the slow slide 
the slow slide back into alcohol. And I talk more about the slow slide in episode 14. It's actually one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded. It's called You Drink Because You Have No Outlet. In other words, you don't really know what's fun anymore because drinking is the only fun that you have been doing for a while. And it's a slow slide to get there. I was there many times, many years. So I speak from experience on this one. I would have just slid back down. Might have taken a little bit longer, but I would have slid back down into a place where I couldn't even conceive of having fun if alcohol wasn't there. And that's a really crappy place to be. It's a slide. You will be pulled by gravity, okay? You can't even afford to sit at the top of that slide until you fill in the blank into your alcohol-free journey. But my advice is at least two years. And even then, it might be a horrible idea. Like, don't even sit at the top of that slide. Again, this is your journey, not mine. But this is what I found to be true in my journey. The third thing I want to leave you with is brutally honest. My personal experience is my mental health was never better than when I simply didn't drink at all. Never better. No noise, clear mornings, sharp mind, clear skin, morning pride in myself. Being so proud of myself for not drinking that night before. Knowing how hard that was. You know how hard that is. Or maybe you know how hard it is to wait as long as you can before you finally say, fine, I'm having some wine. I tried. I tried. That's okay. You're on your own journey. If there is any way I can support you, reach out. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm so glad we got to do this today. Listen, everybody knows word of mouth is the best advertising. So if you liked what you heard, follow, share, leave a review. And there's so much more where that came from. Go to shejustglows.com to read words of encouragement and inspiration that you just might need today. There you'll also learn about my work as a life coach and how we can work together. My publications have been viewed more than 4 million times by moms around the world. We have such an amazing community. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and well, that's all I got right now. I've decided I'm too old for TikTok. Remember, you've got this. You are enough. I'll see you next time. And until then, you glow girl.